We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we do anything, Jeffrey, you got some breaking yeah. news. Talk to me. I do have some breaking news. Hang on one sec. Let me retweet this. And we will uh, we'll start with some breaking news. Right? Why not? Let, let it populate for about 10 seconds. And then we will break uh, the news of... Let's let it populate here. Of who the next coach in Happy Valley is going to be. And it is going to be Robert Doster. Purdue assistant Micah Shrewsbury, which is uh, a little bit of a surprise. Not a ton of one, but like, you know, Shrewsbury was with Brad Stevens and Butler. Uh, he was with Brad Stevens. Listen, the the, the best sell Micah Shrewsbury is going to have is I developed Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown from the get-go. He was their guy. Like, they worked out together as rookies, second year, third year, and Micah Shrewsbury was their guy. So uh, – that's a pretty good sales pitch to, to, to try to get kids to come to Penn State. Micah Shrewsbury, one of the finest human beings I've ever met uh, doing this. And uh, I think he's a really good ball coach. Um, he's done a great job, obviously, at Purdue this year. We know what Purdue's done. So, uh, anyway, congrats to Micah Shrewsbury, one of the one of the really good people in this business. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not a bad hire. Um, good for him. Uh, I, I think – that we've kind of found a, a mold for um, places where coaches are going to go to uh, go to find pe- or where uh, ads are going to find people to to hire, and that's off of Matt Painter's bench. I don't think it's coincidence that uh, Micah Shrewsbury got hired off of Matt Painter's bench, and uh, uh, after Greg Gary got hired off of Matt Painter's bench. So, um, yeah, good for him. I think that that's a good hire for Penn State. We'll see if that ends up working out. Uh, but Jeffrey, we have a bracket to break down. We got a few things. We definitely got a few things here, don't we? Yes. So, um, what do you want to start with? Like, where? where I feel like I've spent uh, a ton of time like breaking this down and looking at it. Like, where where do you want to start with this? What what have what have you not talked about yet? I, that you're, well, like, I, I think we at? probably in, in this in this deal we should start with um, our favorite picks, don't you think? Like the the early bets that we love that we got locked in already, I think so. Don't you? Yeah, because I I've already locked in four. Yeah, so four lines. Why don't you four you lines. start. I'm just trying to to figure something out here, and uh, you right, start so, with your favorite one. Yeah, I mean the 
the easy the easy one is going to be um, taking Ohio uh, plus eight and a half against um, Virginia. That opened at ten and a half, which is just a completely baffling line. I don't know how that opened up at that number. Um, I would not be surprised to see that number get down to uh, like seven, maybe six and a half at some point. Virginia, of course, is um, in a pause right now. They're they're in quarantine. They're not practicing. They're not going to get to Indy until um, until Friday. And uh, Ohio is just, I mean, Ohio's got a pro in their backcourt. They got two really good guards. Uh, they got a five man that can shoot, and they have Jeff Bowles, who runs a, a really, um, a really modern style savvy offense that should be able to break down the, uh, the, the uh, pack line defense of Virginia. So um, I, I have no idea why that line opened up at 10 and a half. Um, like I said, I, that was the first thing that I locked in when I saw it pop up was, uh, yeah, no, was Ohio. Yeah, and a half. I mean, yeah, that's the one that you're just like, all right, like that's an easy one, right? I mean, that's 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 the one that makes the most sense that you're going to go after legitimately right away. Yeah, and it's it's actually all all the way down to um, just eight now. So at, at our all of these lines are going to be from our partners over at Bet Rivers. So um, yeah, and the the money line there is plus two ninety, which again is something that's really uh, really interesting. Did you see my text by the way? I did. I did. Thank you. Um, all right. So that's your first one. So your, your first one is, is going against your Virginia Cavs. Yep. That's going against Virginia. And and look, I would be very interested in taking that line, um, regardless. Uh, but the fact that Virginia is like in a pause right now, just, I mean, I don't like it's, it's an auto bet for me, auto bet. Um, the other one that's very interesting is the same thing. Uh, Eastern Washington, Going up against Kansas, who's who may or may not have certain players. Um, you've reported that that they're going to be missing a starter. Um, I think that it's more than just one player that's not going to be traveling with them. Um, well, well, yeah, but they, they're they're hoping to get McCormick here soon, even if he travels on Friday. Right now, now again, the problem with McCormick is if he travels with them on Friday, he hasn't been practicing with them. Yeah. Now they're not worried about David McCormick getting out of shape. They're not, trust me, I've, I've talked to people close to Kansas. They're not worried about that. But the fact of the matter is his timing is going to be off. He has not practiced. Yes. Luck, he's, a, he's a veteran. So, but, but the other part, Rob, is it took him a lot of time to get to where he was this season and get that confidence kind of back because he really struggled early in the year. And now, like he felt it. They, they, they felt it. Kansas started to play well, like we thought Kansas might play early in the season. Well, and yeah. now they've got all these issues. Yeah, he was he was unbelievable during uh, during like a, a, yeah. a six week stretch at the end of uh, Big Twelve play. And and the the one thing I will note about Eastern Washington is they have played some high major opponents this year. Uh, they they lost by I think it was seventeen against Oregon. But it was basically a one possession game against Arizona. They lost by three to Washington State, and they it was a basically a one possession game and a loss to St. Mary. So they've seen some high major competition this year. It's not like they haven't played anybody, um, and they've kept it close. Uh, Kansas again coming out of the pause. Um, they're going to be missing a key player, and uh, and we don't know what David McCormick's going to end up being. Yeah, it was actually interesting. So we had Scott Drew on the uh, the stadium show that we did together yeah. yesterday. And I thought it was really interesting the point that he made. Um, they've practiced, Baylor's practiced one time 
one time since they came Amazing, back from the park. Right? That wasn't like the pregame shoot around. That wasn't something on the road where they were just trying to save legs. That wasn't like a walkthrough, something like that. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it, the point that he made is if you shoot, if you work on your jump shot once in a three week stretch, you're not going to be shooting the ball very well. And I think that you can say the same about Virginia. You can say the same about Baylor defensively and, and, and them getting better this week. And you can say the same about Kansas. So I'm just, I'm fading the teams coming out of the pause. And it's not like the last time that we saw, um, that we saw Kansas play. They were really all that dominant. They, they struggled with UTEP at home. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I'm with I'm with you. I'm with you there. Hang on one sec, man. All right. So there's while while you do that, there are three other lines that I've already locked in. One of them I think that you're gonna push back against me on. And okay. that is Villanova minus six. I, I love the more I've thought about this, yeah. the more I love Villanova in this spot against Winthrop. Okay. I, I know Winthrop is 23 and one on the season. I know they steamrolled everyone they played in their conference. Um, Chandler Vodron is awesome. They play awesome. fast. They shoot threes. Yep. They're one of like the most fun mid majors in college basketball. I get it. I, I'm I'm in on the hype. Pat Kelsey was on the show, uh, but here's the thing: they haven't played anybody at the high major level yet this year. And even without Colin Gillespie, like Virginia, Villanova still has pros. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to play in the NBA. Um, I think Justin Moore has a real good shot to play in the NBA. Uh, Caleb Daniels is really good. Brandon Slater is a six foot seven athlete that can put the clamps on Vaudrin. Um, Brian Antoine, I mean, maybe this is, uh, excuse me, maybe this is Brian Antoine's chance to to kind of break out and have his his star performance as a freshman here. So um, it, it'll be. Why do you hate Winthrop? I don't hate Winthrop. I just think that this is a, a, going to be a difficult matchup for him. And, and here's the biggest thing, Jeff. Um, we're so we're down on them for two reasons. One. They lost Colin Gillespie, and then they lost to Providence in their first game without Colin Gillespie when the guy that was playing the backup point guard role, Justin Moore, went down with an injury, right? Second yep. game they lost was against Georgetown, who went on to beat everybody in the Big East tournament. Like, I, there's no shame in taking a one-point loss to Georgetown, you know? They Not lost right by now, there Georgetown. Isn't. Creighton lost by 25 to Georgetown, okay? Right. Um, and here's the third thing, and, and this is the last thing. This is the most important thing. Go ahead. You're giving Jay Wright eight days to figure this thing out. They, they were done on Thursday. They don't play until yeah. Saturday. You're giving Jay Wright eight yeah, days I, to figure this thing out. I get it, but if you don't have a point guard, I'm not saying they're going to lose this game, but you're, you're kind of – you're dead in the NCAA tournament if you don't have a point guard. You would they're, agree. They're, they're laying six. So if, you, if you're if you going to – you're taking Winthrop plus six against the against this Villanova team? I think so. I think right. so. I, I think – I, I just – I don't know. DJ Burns can match up with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I, I'm not even sure. Honestly, that's a that's a tough matchup for Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the paint. Like DJ really? Burns is big, strong, athletic. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, again, yes, at the wing position, I'm worried about Winthrop. I am. But I, I feel like they've got such an advantage at the point guard spot. And Winthrop plays 11 dudes, 11 guys. You're well, telling here's, here's, here's the problem. Here's here's the problem with the point guard spot thing is that um, their point guard is six foot seven. Like they, Villanova is going to put Brandon Slater on him. Brandon Slater is their best defender. That's, that's, so that's the thing. Like, Brandon Slater has got to be on the court, and who's going to play the point? Who who's going to initiate offense? How are they going to score? The so the thing about the thing about Villanova is that I don't think that their their offense necessarily needs a point guard. 
in this like the way that other offenses do because the way that Jay Wright has built the system is that it's not basically what they do is um is they they drive to try to get a paint touch right yeah. and their whole the whole concept of what they do is draw to and make the extra pass to create and he goes out and recruits guys that can make shots that can post up that can put the ball on the floor and create like he's not it, he's trying to create it so it's a positionless system and I think that they can survive not having a point guard against a team where they're going to have a very clear talent advantage. So that's just that that's where I'm at. And I I it feels like so here's the other part of it. Like all the metrics have Villanova at like 10 or 11 point favorite and they're only laying 6. And it just it feels like one of those things where you're giving Jay Wright too much time um and and like I think Justin Moore is effective enough at the point to be able to get it done. I just I think that they win this game by 15. This feels like the one where everyone all the hype gets out of control. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like the trap. So that's just where I'm at with. And the it will right be. Now. I mean, again, everybody and their mother is probably going to go against Virginia and Villanova. Oh yeah, yeah. Those everybody. are the two that are that are painfully obvious. And again, both teams are certainly susceptible here. Let, let, let's face it. We're not saying that that both aren't, but they've also both got like Hall of Fame coaches. That you're right. Like they've got more talent and they've got Hall of Fame coaches. They they've just had to adjust on the fly. And obviously they're different situations. Villanova without a point guard, Virginia without a ro- rotation guy, not going to be a huge loss from a personnel standpoint, but more of not being able to practice, not yeah. being uh, as in shape, not, you know, traveling there the day before the game when everybody else has been there all week and watch they're going to be watching this stuff on TV. The only good thing about Virginia, like if there's anybody that can kind of keep these guys with the right mentality, it, it's Tony Bennett, right? Like if there's anybody that can figure that part out and the mental aspect of it, um, this is the guy who brought his team back from losing to a number 16 seed for the first time ever and, yeah. and got them somehow mentally focused enough that they could come back and win the national title the next year. So uh, yes, like, to discount Tony Bennett or Jay Wright as a coach is absolutely stupid, but both of these certainly look like they're more uh, up for grabs than most of the other upset uh, picks. Agree. All right, I have two other first round picks that I um, that I've already put bets in on. Um, I took VCU plus six against Oregon. Like that line, there's there's no way that VCU should be getting six points. Like that should be a two and a half point three point line, um, and I understand the Oregon hype, but like that's there's no that that's that's wrong. Uh, VCU is tough as hell defensively. They can really force turnovers, um, and I think the one big issue that Oregon has is they don't have great point guard play. Um, I like Will Richardson, uh, but he's more of like a scoring lead guard, and I think that they can kind of be taken out of what they want to do um, if you pressure them. And the one thing that VCU is going to do is pressure you. And oh, by the way. They got a guy with the best nickname in all of college basketball, Bones Highland. Bones Highland. Bones. Gotta love Bones. If you, yeah, you, if you take it on the Bones bandwagon, then we can't even be friends. So, um, yeah, I love VCU in that spot, uh, which is weird because I'm going to say that I love an Oregon future uh, later on in the show. Um, but that's just that, that line does not make – there's no way that the VCU should be getting six there. The other one – you know Hey, Rob, you know what I did this morning? Before looking at all the lines, I don't know if you did this, but but I found it like fascinating. I went through before I saw any of the lines, and I wrote down what I thought the lines would be for each of them, just quickly, just jotting them down. 
And what I put down for the VCU Oregon game was three. Yeah. Right. It, so it like shouldn't, it shouldn't be six. The it's outliers for me. Can I give you kind of the outliers a little bit, or do you yeah. want to keep kind of walking through? Well, no. There's uh, the yeah. Give me your next outlier because there's only one other that really caught my eye as something that just did not seem right. I mean, I, I thought West Virginia was really low against Morehead State. Yeah, I, I, I can see it. the The only concern I have is that Morehead State has a couple of guys that can put the ball on the floor, um, and West Virginia can like we've we've seen them struggle with transition or with uh, with penetration all year long. Um, but I, I mean, I would lean West Virginia there, but it, it's not one of my favorites. There's one and other Texas, one that I, I what Texas Texas only favored by nine over Abilene Christian was a small number for me. For me, I had it about fifteen. See, I I saw that too, um, but I just can't. The point, and I can't shake this thought, which is actually a really savvy thing. The point that you made last night on the uh, on the show is that Joe Golding is going to know how to beat Texas because he's going to get the scouting report from Chris Beard, and Chris Beard knows how to beat Texas. So, and they play uh, similar. Like, like I, I screw around with them in a text thread. Like, Joe Golding is like the mid-major Chris Beard, right? Like, it's all about defense and toughness. And, um, you know, Beard's got a little bit of a different team this year. But, yeah, I, I, it worries me. But I, I just think the spread is off if I'm looking yeah. no, at no, it. The number the number's a little bit weird. Um, I, also, I, I also don't love games where I kind of expect it to um, – to be a little bit lower scoring, which is part of the reason why the the other line that I love. So, do do you have any others, uh, any other outliers that you have for us? Purdue, I think Purdue is low at seven. I would have had it at, at double figures, to be honest. I'm trying to think if there's any other that really um, blew me away. I don't see anything else that was like like. Flagrant. Oh, you missed you missed you missed the flagrant one. Really. Um, Arkansas laying nine and a half against Colgate. I don't understand that line should not be nine and a half. Um, the way that Colgate wants to play is going to play right into Arkansas's hands. Both of them want to get up and down. Both of them want to turn it into a run and gun show. Uh, Arkansas is significantly better defensively than I think people realize based on, on how many points they give up because they play so fast. Uh, Colgate. These are the teams that they've played this year. Boston <laughs> university five times. Army four don't times. Be BU. Don't be ripping Joe Jones and BU. I, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, that they have not played anybody anywhere near the the the, the talent level that Arkansas is going to have. Arkansas has got shot makers and playmakers and creators all over the floor. So here it is: Army four times, BU five times, Holy Cross four times, Bucknell and Loyola. They have not played a team that ranks higher than 189th in Kempom. That's it. Crazy. You got to play a team that ranks higher than 189th. And look, I know they can shoot and I know that they can run, but they are going up against a team that is going to be so much more athletic than anything that they've seen at, at any point this season. So much yeah. more. Yeah. And uh, the fact that they want to run is going to play right into Arkansas's hands. Arkansas can run out these lineups with Justin Smith at the five, where they're Colgate's going to have no chance. You know, the, uh, who, what's, the, what's the big kid's name? Um, for who? For Colgate. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Someone in the chat. Will someone in the chat know? Um, no, not Richardson. I don't know. I don't know. But they got they got shooters, so they can play with them for a while. Because well, yeah, I mean they have shooters, but this is this is a situation where it's like you know how we always kind of like oh Davidson can shoot the ball so well, and then they get into the the tournament and they go against these teams that have like crazy athleticism. I, I, 
and length and length. Yeah. Like that's the part. It, it, it's, it so hard it is, but it's those shots that Jordan Burns and now Jordan Burns has proven it even in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago that he could score against athletes. I think right. Tennessee, he went off on yeah. Tennessee, but, but a lot of their guys haven't played and they certainly haven't seen it in a while. Like they, again, they didn't play anybody this year. So they're going, you're right. I mean, they are going from like Patriot league over and over and over. And they haven't seen anything else in a year. To now, SEC athlete. You're yep. right. Yeah. No, I, I I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm I'm on that one. I'm on that one. Um, what else? What else stands out? Anyone uh, Anyone in the chat have any questions? That please feel free to fire at us. We, all we want to do is talk about uh, specific games. Right. We got uh, a week. Honestly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. It's it's, it's, uh, it's records. That's the that's the kid that I was thinking of. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Keegan Records. That's his name. Yeah, we, we got all week. So fire some things at us. Yes, Justin Moore, Joe will play point guard. That's not he's not a point guard. He's just not a point guard. Um, um, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, futures because I found a couple lines that that I'm I haven't really even looked at them yet. I haven't even looked. I can, at them. I can I'll 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 hit you with them and I just get your reaction. So at Bet Rivers right now, Gonzaga to win the title is plus two hundred five, which basically means you will triple your money if you bet on them. Do you like that at all? Do you think there's value on that? Yeah, there's value. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just, man, the problem is with COVID. You just feel like, man, you, it's not an, it's not an ordinary year, yep. right? It's not an ordinary. If it were an ordinary year, I'd be like, okay, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll load it up on the Zags. Um, but I feel like with COVID, no, I'm not, I'm not ready to load up on Gonzaga. One thing goes wrong, and, uh, and everything changes. Yeah, I I, th- I think that that's um, if there was no uh, no worries about having one positive test knocking right. somebody out of the tournament, um, I would be all over Gonzaga at that number. My hot take is that they win the title without playing a game that ends in single digits. You know, they do they go on like a yeah. a two thousand nine North Carolina yeah. kind of run through the big the the, the big dance. Um, there's two other title features that I am interested in. The first one, I mean, yeah, I got them up. The, the first one is Baylor plus 500, um, and that's – I think that that number's come down a little bit. Like, all season long, we've been saying Baylor and Gonzaga are basically at the same level, right? right. Well, now you're getting um, three times – or two and a half times the the value on Baylor that you are on Gonzaga. Good value. And, and like, the issue – so, the, the we, we said the number the other day. Since they came back from their pause, Baylor has been the 180th best defensive team in the country. Well, they haven't had a chance to, to rep out their – rotations and i've made this point over and over again but the rotations are so 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 important with baylor because they force baseline and pre-rotate everything um so their entire defensive scheme is about being able to play in rotation and being able to play in that scramble mode and they just don't have that shit down crispy uh crisp uh crisply yet um they're rusty so uh you give scott drew eight days to kind of figure this out and i think that there's a lot of value on baylor at that number i also think that they have um, they have weird matchups against potentially North Carolina and Purdue, but I don't think that they have a really all that difficult of a region. Um, the other one I like is Iowa, and it's just because uh, in the last six weeks, Iowa has been a top 10 team defensively. And if you can get them at plus 1700 right now, like that to me is the best um, non-favorite uh, title feature that you can get. Uh, but that's, again, you're rolling the dice on the fact that um, they are – they are really, really good defensively, and we don't really know if they actually are that good. Yeah, like the one that sticks out to me, there are a bunch. I mean, there are a bunch I like here. 
Um, I like Texas. Right? We both have Texas going to the Final Four right now, don't mm-hmm. we? I mean, how yep. do you not like them at, at, at plus 200, right? Plus Texas? Plus 200 yeah. to what? What are they? To win it all, right? Plus 2,000. Oh, plus 2,000. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah, plus 2,000. My eyes are not good. I need my, my glasses on better. Uh, plus 2,000, Texas. I mean, Alabama, plus 2,000? Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I actually have. So the the future that I like for both of them is plus four fifty to get to the final four, um, because I think like we, we talked about this quite a bit. But I think that Michigan loses at some point early on without Livers, um, and if you can get those two at that price to get to the final four. Now the thing is, I don't know if either of them can beat Gonzaga, so that's why I wouldn't want to take them to be a a, a title future. But I'd, I'd like both of them to get to the final four. Um, I would probably lean Texas over Alabama. Uh, but I mean, both of those, there's pretty good value. All right. We got some questions coming in on the chat. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to start with this Syracuse, uh, San Diego state that okay. line. Um, sorry, just go ahead. Do you have any takes on that game? Yeah. I mean, I like the cues. I, I just, I think San Diego state's good, but I'll take the points there. I'll take the money line. It's, it's two and a half. I don't know what the money yeah. line is right now. Plus Plus one twenty five. Yeah, I'd probably just take the cues straight up. I mean, Syracuse all listen, Syracuse's team individually is is pretty talented. And yep. San Diego State, as long as Syracuse makes sure they, they get out in Jordan Shackle and do not give him open threes, I think they'll be okay. I think you can give Matt Mitchell his 20. You just cannot let Jordan Shackle get going. And, and that's the only thing that scares me is again, Syracuse's length in that zone. Like, Buddy's got some length. Well, he, he, I mean, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, My guess is he's not the longest dude in the world. But um, but, but I, I just – that's what worries me more than anything. I don't think they're going to take advantage of Syracuse's zone down low. I really don't. San Diego State doesn't have, like, Mensa's not a guy they're going to throw the ball into over and over and over. Yeah, I mean, the big worry is always going to be um, on the offensive glass. Right when you're playing that Syracuse zone, they, they they just they don't really have guys that can get offensive rebounds. And San Diego State is not really known as being a great um, offensive rebounding team. And look, the whole point of playing that zone is to make people uncomfortable. And when you're not used to seeing it, it it's difficult to go up against. Um, all right, here's another one we got from Cameron Thompson here. Goodman, thoughts on Houston possibly making a Final Four run? I I'm not into it. Um, my well, big concern with them is that they try to play. They try to play bully ball, and they pound the offensive glass. Uh, they can they can get really physical against yep. teams in the American, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against teams that are not in a really bad American. Um, now that that said, I think that they're where they're most likely to lose early is in the second round against either Rutgers or Clemson because both Rutgers and Clemson are tough as hell and. and um, they have the guards to be able to match up with with Houston's guards. I actually think that Houston would be able to get by West Virginia in a potential uh, Sweet 16 matchup, just because West Virginia, like I said, their big issue right now is like they, they don't they don't have guys to make the toughness plays, and yeah. Houston is is nothing but toughness. So, yeah, it's just like the jury's out on Houston, right? Like we like Quentin Grimes; he's been great. Uh, Sasser's kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch. They're good. And they're obviously very, very, very well coached uh, with Kelvin. I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I kind of, I fight to try to figure out who to who to move forward in that half of the region. 
right? Like, is it Houston? Is it West Virginia? I think it's one of those two that you, you probably like, but it wouldn't shock me at all if somebody else comes out of there because we know West Virginia doesn't like the guard and we know Houston can't, you know, can't really score. So I, I don't know who it is, but I feel like, you know, whoever comes out of that Illinois, Oklahoma state uh, half is going to have a pretty. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the matchup to get to the final four is oh. that game right there. Illinois, Oklahoma Man. state. Um, by the way, by the way, do you remember what we said yesterday on the stream? No. We said that the one thing that we were hoping for was what potential matchup? Andre Curbelo against Jose Alvarado, right? Yes. We can get that in the second round. Really? What a dream, what a dream scenario. That's funny. That's funny. Andre Curbelo and Jose Alvarado. There are so I kind of like players. Georgia Tech in, in that game against Loyola Chicago. I don't know if you do too. Maybe I'm just I'm, I'm just jilted right now by, by uh, Alvarado, and I love him so much. Well, I mean, there the the problem is like Georgia Tech was really underseeded, right? So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. All right, let's let's keep it going. Um, oh, we just had a question about Georgia Tech Loyola. Yes, I really like um, Georgia Tech in that spot. Uh, here we go, Goodman. What Maryland UConn thoughts? You, I mean, you shouldn't even be allowed to answer it um, because we know where you're going. Well, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm really, I'm really worried about that matchup. I think that that's a really, really bad draw for you. It's not great. Well, you just don't know what Maryland team you're going to get. That's the hardest part with Maryland. It's like, mm -hmm. like all of a sudden, Turge will pull something out of his ass here, and uh, and, and they could beat. Listen, if you got a good game plan and you can, which I think they have the guys. I mean, again, Daryl Morsell. If there's anybody that can make life difficult for James Booknight. It's Daryl Morsell. So, mm -hmm. like, that's what scares me. And if you make UConn have to find somebody else to beat you, they can. But, again, like Tyrese Martin, you can't completely trust him. They, they've got guys that are solid, but they got to get a big game to me for book night. And Morsell is a beast defensively. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. Creighton did an unbelievable job at being able to take the ball out of Book Knight's hands in the win in the Big East semifinals. Um, they 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 jumped him every time that they uh, put Book Knight in the ball screen. They sent two at him whenever he ran off of a pin down. And uh, I don't think that Maryland's going to have to do it as much because Marcel can kind of take that load himself. But that is not that's not a great matchup. Now, Maryland's also the team that could end up losing that game by 25. And I don't think anybody would be surprised, but I, yeah. that's a that's not a great matchup for um, UConn. The line, by the way, is two and a half. I will be staying away from it. And if I'm staying away from a UConn line, I should tell you how uh, I am worried I am about yeah. it. I'm worried. Uh, I don't. I don't love it. I don't have a great feel for it. Um, UCSB I, Creighton. What do you got? Yeah, UCSB. I'll take the points. It's uh, where is it? Let's see it here. It's six and a half, which is a little bit low, but I I like UCSB there as well. I'll probably I mean, they have size. They, they they blew through their league. I mean, I'm not a huge Joe Passanac guy, but like he's done a hell of a job there. He has done a hell of a job at, at, with with that Gauchos program and Creighton. You just don't know what you're going to get. You just don't. I mean, again, they've been so up and down. Um, Zagorowski's terrific. I still don't think the chemistry of that team is is just right at this point, and they're coming off that embarrassing, embarrassing loss against Georgetown uh, in in the Big East title game. So we don't know how they're going to respond to that. I, I would take the points. 
So here's the thing about UCSB. They have high major talent all over the roster. They have a kid that transferred in from Oregon. They have a top 100 player that transferred in from Nevada. They have a kid that transferred in from Temple. Uh, their best player is Ja'Cory McLaughlin, who is a point guard that was a former top 75 recruit that started at, I believe it was Oregon State, if I'm not mistaken. He's 6'4", too. Yeah. He's big. He He's averages big 16 big. points, five and a half assists. Um, right. And what you need in March – is you need the size to be able to match up with – if you're a Cinderella, you need the size to be able to match up with somebody on the in the paint, and you need yeah. great guard play. And Ja'Cory McLaughlin, to me, qualifies as great guard play. So um, I think that UCSB is going to end up winning that game. I actually think out of that region, we're going to get UCSB Ohio in the uh, in the second round for the right to go to the Sweet 16. And if you can – I can't find it right now on Bet Rivers. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that they'll have it at some point. But if you could find a future – that says that you can get Ohio or UCSB to get to the second round of the or the second yeah. round of the NCAA Take tournament. That. That's that's one that I would be. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. That's a good that call. That, and that would be a great guard matchup. Um, in, yep. in that, right. in that second here's, round game. Here's one for you: Ohio State getting picked off in the second round. They would draw either Virginia Tech or Florida in the second round of the NCAA tournament. I don't see it unless Kyle Young doesn't play. It, which which again. I think Kyle Young will play, but he's got to go through concussion protocol. So we have no idea yet. We have no idea how many days he's got to be in and how he's going to react because you've got to answer all the right questions. Um, so they don't know the answer to that yet, uh, which makes it very difficult for me to start taking Ohio State deep in the NCAA tournament. In fact, I've got Texas Tech coming out uh, in the Elite Eight there because of the uncertainty involving Kyle Young. I think he's that important. Oh, 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 because of the, you have Texas Tech going to the Elite Eight because of Kyle Young? No, you don't. Be honest. Just be honest. I have Texas Tech going because of Chris Beard. We know there that. you go. All right. But who's a bigger homer, me me with UConn or you with, uh, with, with Chris it Beard? It might be me with Chris Beard. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not denying it. I, but again – but there's a track record there. It's not like I'm pulling right, shit right. out of my ass. No, yeah, I mean you're right. Um, I I'm honestly, I'm yeah. I'm pretty concerned about that first round matchup with Utah State for uh, for um, Chris Beard and and, and for um, for Texas Tech. Like Utah State yeah. is really 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 tough. Like they they, are, they have they a are. great State defense. Long and athletic, and, and what bigs give Texas Tech problems? Long and athletic dudes. Santos Silva cannot guard Anemius Kada. But what I will say is Utah State's guards can't guard Mac McClung and, to me, can't guard Terrence Shannon if he shows up. Terrence Shannon's clearly the X factor for Texas Tech. If he plays well, they can beat just about anybody. Yeah, and the, the other thing is, so um, Utah State is a terrific offensive rebounding team. Uh, Texas Tech has been pretty bad on the defensive glass, but none of that will matter if – if Utah State turns the ball over and they can't get the ball, they can't get shots up. Um, Texas Tech is going to wear you out offensively. Their guards are going to be all over Utah State's guards. Uh, and Sam Merrill ain't walking through that door. So um, hey, that is, is absolutely a concern. That, that's absolutely a concern for me is, uh, is, is the backcourt play against Texas Tech. And I think that's where they win the battle eventually, which is why we'll have them advancing. But, like, that ain't going to be a cakewalk. That's, that's going to be a really, really tough matchup for um, – uh, we keep getting – uh, questions about Winthrop against Villanova. We we talked about that at length earlier in the stream. I'll tweet out the link uh, later. Um, Jeff and I disagree on which side we should be on there. Uh, all right, so here's one for you. Go ahead. 
LSU over Michigan. What do you think? Well, I think LSU first has to get past Mark Schmidt and the bodies, right? Like that, that first things first, um, get through the bodies because that is not going to be easy at all. The bodies are loaded, loaded. They're really, really good. Mm-hmm. They play tough as shit, uh, which is a, a trait of Mark Schmidt's teams in, in Olean. And like LSU, I got no idea. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I, I, have, I have no feel for whether these guys come out and want to play and they played hard yesterday. So my guess is they'll, they'll play hard at least in, in the NCAA tournament. I just think it's a little bit of a coaching mismatch, honestly, between um, Will Wade and Mark Schmidt. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it is. Right. Um, so you're right. You're right. But LSU, like if they decide they want to, the, to play and they decide they actually want to defend, they are – how many teams are more talented than a team that can roll out Cam Thomas – not many. Javante Smart, Darius Days, like they are, they are just absolutely loaded if they decide they want to play. Now, um, no, I, you know, I trust, I trust Cam Thomas because Cam Thomas, like he jacks like crazy. How can you trust? He could go three for twenty eight and keep jacking. Like, I, yeah. I don't trust them. I don't. I trust mean, them. I, I yeah. You know what? But I don't trust. You have them out there is to, is to get shots up. I don't trust he, them guarding anybody. I don't trust yeah, them guarding. Well, that's, that's the big thing. If they decide that they want to defend, then, then they have a chance to uh, to beat the Bonnies. Um, it's a tough matchup. Honestly, it's a tough math- matchup for both sides. I think that – this is going to sound weird, but I would not be surprised if St. Bonaventure beat LSU by 25. I would also not be surprised if LSU beat St. Bonaventure by 25. Right. And I would not, not surprise if either of those teams advanced and beat Michigan without Isaiah Livers. Now – the thing about this is like everybody at this point has been kind of picking against Michigan, right? Yeah. And we've seen what happens when Jawan Howard gets mad. Like, what, what do you think this is going to do to the Michigan team if, if everybody like he's going to show the, show them clips of us being like, ah, oh, you know, I don't think Michigan without Isaiah Livers can win, and uh, they're going to come fired up. He's going to superimpose uh, your your face over Mark Turgeon's body, uh, coming at him. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. Um, all right, let's we'll do uh, we'll do one more here um, before we can move on. Uh, People liking this Liberty over Oklahoma State thing, yeah. yeah. Like, come on, Cade ain't losing a Liberty. Like Jerry Falwell or no Jerry Falwell, Cade is not losing to Liberty. Period. Yep. All right, here's the last one. Um, yeah, that that is true. That is true. On the defensive end, Oregon's going to have trouble. Um, but on the defensive end, uh, how the hell is Luca going to chase around those, those, those Oregon dudes? Like they're going to put them in, in ball screens as much as they can and expose his ass trying to chase some of those, those smaller kind of forwards, those multi-dimensional forwards around. That's not going to be easy for him, but yeah, I, listen, I just trust Dana Altman. I think Dana Altman's just that good a coach that he might figure out a game plan here to really expose Luke on the defensive end and be able to play with them and maybe get Luke in foul trouble. Yeah. Um, so it, it all depends on what you think about Iowa defensively and kind of how they've, um, they've grown over the course of the season. Like if you're buying this fact that they are a top 10 defense, at least what they've been playing as the top, the last um, eight weeks, then I think that they'll, they'll be Oregon in a walk. Because if they're able to get stops and Luca is functional defending ball screens, 
um, and some of their perimeter players can like keep these guys in front, uh, then I think that that I mean, look, the whole the whole concept of of Iowa's offense is get Luca on the block, get the ball to him, force teams to double, yeah. get defensive get defenses in rotation, kick out, swing, swing, boom, wide open, three, you're dead, um, and. Oregon is going to have to double. They will have no option but to double Luca sure. Garza in the post, or he's going to go for fifty. Yep. Um, and so it it all depends on what you believe of Iowa defensively. And I think that they've improved enough that I, I will not be taking Oregon in that game. And I, I, I look, I love that matchup. That's exactly what I would be looking for. Uh, I think Oregon is is um, as undervalued as anyone. I think there's value on them. Honestly, like there's a there's a future for them plus eight hundred to get to the Elite Eight. And I think that there's there's decent value on that um, because uh, if they get past um, if they can get past Iowa, like are you scared of USC or Kansas in the Sweet Sixteen? Absolutely. Uh, but I just that, that's tough. That's a tough ask is to, yeah. to deal with Luca Garza. So I just think that whole that whole region is is more open than probably any other that 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 half of the West. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 end it with this, Jeff. Um, give me give me like the 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 potential matchup, like the the potential second round matchups that you are really looking forward to the most, because there are a couple that are just going to be um, just absolute barn burners if we can get them to happen. The biggest one for me, mm. if we can get Cade Cunningham against Keon Johnson in the second round as a tune up for Cade Cunningham against. Yeah. Uh, I would assume like that'll be a lot of fun, um, but you know, you know, you know which one I'm looking forward to the most. You know what it is, um, Bello and Alvarado, baby, <laughs> Bello and Alvarado. It'll be good. It'll be good. That that's not one that I think is gonna like. It's the two happiest dudes. It's the two happiest dudes in college basketball. There's there's nobody happier than Andre Corbello, and there's nobody happier than Jose Alvarado. We got to get him on the show, by the way. We should reach out and try to get Jose Alvarado. Alvarado? Oh, we yeah. could probably do it. We probably yeah. could have done it today. Let's get Jose Alvarado on the show. Like, I, I, I need his energy in my okay. life. All right, I'll see what he's what he's up to tomorrow. I'll, uh, maybe you know, maybe we can get Pastner and Alvarado together. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, we'll see what that we can do. Okay. With that. They're, they're, they're Only if he's wearing the face shield. Like, I will not interview him unless he's wearing <laughs> the face shield. And I'm going to tell him that there's no way. So we'll see if we can get him on tomorrow. Oh, I would man. say, um, I just had a good second round. I, I like that Oregon. Iowa second round matchup a lot. I think Oklahoma and Zaga, Rob. Like we think about it, the world has not seen Gonzaga play for the most part. The the casual fan really hasn't watched Gonzaga in like two months, right? Till they went, you know, when when they went into WCC play, probably a couple months since they've seen them play. Oklahoma is capable. We saw that. Kind of in the, the the start of conference play, Oklahoma went on a crazy run, and, and then Brady Manick just wasn't the same. And if Brady Manick can somehow drain five threes in a game and pull Drew Timmy away from the basket, they'd have a chance with their three guards. I mean, Austin Reeves, Devian Harmon, and and uh, Mucha Gibson; those are three guards that can make shit happen. So, like, I'm not saying they'll beat them, but I, man. I want to see Gonzaga play a good team in the tournament and play a close game. We haven't seen it. I don't know. Have we seen it all year other than like BYU for 30 minutes? No, that's, it. that's it. But oh, here's wow. the thing. They're not going to, they're not going to play a close game because they're going to win every game by double digits. Look, I, I understand what you're saying. And I actually think on paper, 
Oklahoma is is an interesting matchup because they have guards that can penetrate. Yeah. Um, they can really put the pressure on on you defensively with their backcourt. But the thing is, like they play this gapping style defense where it's kind of like, okay, we're not going to let you drive, we'll let you shoot from the perimeter. And I just, I have visions of Corey Kispert hitting thirty footers all over the place. But Austin so. Reeves can match him. He can he can hit some too. That's all I'm saying. He can. He shouldn't look at look at what um, Trey Mitchell's transferring. That's that's interesting. Um, look at uh, look at look at Austin Reeves' three point percentage the last two years. It's like tw- he's shooting like twenty five percent from three the last two yeah. seasons. Yeah, so he can yeah. hit him from deep, but he's not gonna he's not gonna hit many of them. So, um, yeah, all right, we will be back tomorrow, guys. Um, hopefully, we can have another guest. Uh, both both Jeff and I were um, were up very late last night. It was a uh, selection Sunday. Always ends up being a very uh, restful night of sleep um, if you're able to get. So we will be up. We will be up uh, again tomorrow, nine a.m. to talk about some more practice. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.